Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with my favorite money buddy, Bob Wheeler. You can find him at themoneynerve.com and he's got a book out there and all sorts of great stuff. He's got his own podcast and you got to check this guy out because he has helped me so much over the years. Ever since I got a copy of his book and did a show with him, I have completely reevaluated my relationship with money. I've also made significant changes in my life life to make handling money less stressful for me. And as a result, I'm making more money than ever. So what's not to love? Bob Wheeler, welcome to the show. You think you can live up to those words? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, who is this guy? I need to talk to him. Sandra, it's so, <laughs> so great. You know, I love talking to you. We have so much fun. And uh, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, money and emotions, uh, they run, they're so connected. And most of us are unconscious about it. Oh, absolutely. Well, and now you add in, you know, COVID and the fear-based everything and, you know, whether you're Trump or Biden or whether you're vax or unvax or you're masked or unmasked, like talk about the nonsense, lunatic, crazy emotions that are flying on social media, public media, in the carpool lane, in the high school gym, like everywhere you go, Bob, people are like tweaked on whatever emotions are running higher than ever. And that's got to do something to money. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, we we're in the middle of everybody that just remembered that the deadline for taxes is due in two weeks, right? Um, everybody's now waking up, but the reactionary uh, conversations we're having with people, people, you know, we'll pull transcripts. Where'd you get that number? What are you talking well, that was, we pulled it from the IRS. They said, you got this money. Oh, that might be right. Right. So people aren't, you know, it's like breathe, people breathe. Like that's, I'm telling my clients before I even talk tax, I'm saying, can we breathe? Can we get a little grounded? Because there's so much going on. We're, we're polarized. We're emotional. The rules change every day. Uh, fear is real. Yeah. Like, right. It's, 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 um, it's measurable. And uh, if we can slow down a little bit, because a lot has gone on and some of it's been really good uh, and some of it not so good, but all of it has had an impact. Um, This relationship with money has been impacted uh, by this pandemic. Well, yeah, because, you know, you have all this high emotion around money anyway, like on a good day. On a good but then day. you like, right, then you jack up gas prices in some parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Milk has gone through the roof, like just the staples, Bob, with yeah. the supply chain problems. And then, you know, we had the famous like toilet paper buying, you know, right. <laughs> hoarding, you know, hoarding paper products. Like all of these things go to a scarcity mindset and they go to a fear based economy. And a lot of it we created, Bob, like we created these things because of our thoughts, like who thought to go in and load up on paper products? You know who did, Bob? 
my dad. <laughs> he is the greatest generation. He lived through World War II. He was watching the news. And he said to me, Sam, we need to go because there's going to be a run on paper products, on canned goods, all these things. And I'm like, dad, Bunker Bob, that's what I was calling him in my head. Like, yeah. you know, this is not 1939. We're not living through World War II. My dad was military, served in Korea, you know, the whole thing. He's like, no, yeah. and trust me. So honestly, Bob, just to humor him, because yeah. there was no point in him watching Hogan's Heroes and the Andy Griffith show being frightened we're going to run out of toilet paper. Absolutely. We go down to Sam's Club with my van and we <laughs> load that sucker up. And this is like weeks before the pandemic. He was just watching what was going on in China watching and I, I kept talking to him going dad we're America we're not gonna we've got trees we could like skin a tree and make our own toilet paper and he goes right. no he goes the mentality is going to change people are going to start thinking different they're going to get afraid they're going to start storing things and he's like we have to get ahead of the curve and I'm still thinking okay bunker bob yeah <laughs> you know, while exactly. we're loading up the Sam's Club and the Costco and everything and it got so bad Bob that I had to actually order bookcases on Amazon to put in my garage to hold Bunker Bob's supplies. Yeah. Now, fast forward six months into the pandemic, Los Angeles, no bread, no pasta, no paper right. products, no anything. I mean, you were here, we were wiped out yeah. and everybody's on social media posting empty shelves and there's Bunker Bob with his Charmin soft <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> But he was right. It was a, a, a panic mindset. It is. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be real for the panic to be real. Right. Once, you know, just like a run on a bank. Uh, once everybody's like in the stampede, it's hard to stop the stampede. Yeah. You can't, you can't fight that herd mentality. Hey, Bob, I'm just going to jump in here for a second right now, because right now, Coach Talk listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Coach Talk. That's buyraycon.com slash Coach Talk to save 15% on your Raycons. Now, Raycon is spelled R-A-Y-C-O-N, and it's buyraycon.com slash Coach Talk. And you'll be so glad you did, because there is so much going on in the world right now, and that's really good, because we've got football season, we got basketball season. You can listen to the NHL. You can listen to the Major League Baseball or Major League Soccer. You can't get enough of it. Everything's up. Everything's rolling. I'm so excited. It's the way I decompress. And I'd rather not deal with all the negative news. I can put on my sports teams and I can control the vibes that come into my head and come into my ears because you can't control what's going on in the world today. And that's totally driving me nuts. And when we talked today with Bob about the money nerve and our relationship with money in the pandemic, that stresses me out. So when I want to decompress, when I want to kind of just chill, I grab my Raycons. And I have to tell you, I have a blue pair and I have a red pair. And the reason I have two is, first of all, they start at half the price of other premium audio brands and they sound just as good, but they're super good looking. Like they're rich. They're, they're just really pretty. They're, they're fancy. And, you know, I have them right here. You can hear it snap. Like the, the case snaps, the earbuds, like when you, when you put them in your ears, they feel good. They have, a, you know, gel tips and they have that perfect in-ear fit and they're impressive even before you start listening. And, um, 
the new everyday earbuds, they look better, they sound better than ever, and they have this like nice smooth case. And like I said, I have two pairs, and I have two pairs for a reason. One, I'm very color sensitive, and two, I have one pair of Raycons for my work, and then I have one pair for my gym. And I'm one of those color girls that is sensitive to color, but I'm also not the best at charging things. And Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life, but when I can afford two pairs. I can have one in my purse, one in my gym bag. You get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. You've got pure mode that has just the right amount of bass for podcast listening, you know, blues or instrumental. You got balanced mode, and that's also pretty good for podcast listening, but use it mostly for rock, heavy metal. And then bass mode, which is totally my hip hop jam when I'm working out. And there's also this new all awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings instead. So Instead of drowning out my kids or my coworkers, there's times I have to listen to them. And there's a built-in mic so you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. How do you not love that? So right now, Coach Talk listeners can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash coachtalk. That's buyraycon.com slash coachtalk to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash coachtalk and get yourself some pretty colors. Like they've got red. They got rose gold, they got blue, they got black, like you will not be disappointed. So Bob, we were talking about, you know, kind of like pandemic buying or panic buying and, you know, what happened with, you know, why people were stocking up on paper products and toilet paper. Yeah, I, you know, but for the people, like I was one of the people that didn't go out and buy toilet paper. Um, so I had to get creative and uh, I went to Ace <laughs> Hardware and I was trying to get a couple of pieces uh, for plumbing. And he goes, oh, did you just buy a bidet? Yes. And I said, well, how, why would you not? He goes, yeah, we're getting that same question a lot. A lot. Right? And I went, oh, okay. Because a lot of people said, well, I didn't get the paper. <laughs> yep. Well, my brothers and sisters, you know, my sister in Colorado got a bidet installed and my brother in New York got a bidet installed or at least a bidet attachment to right. the toilet. Like that's right. Um, kind of thing. And, you know, though too bad we weren't closer. We're an hour apart. <laughs> Bob, you could have been introduced to Bunker Bob, your money, Bob, money, Bob and Bunker Bob could have traded Charmin. We could have traded. We could have traded. Well, listen, and there's, you know, here's the thing. It's, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before um, this cost benefit, emotional comfort. And so you chose what was emotionally comfortable. There was no harm in going out and buying that extra stuff. Right. And they it were was all gonna... durable, but it was a grand out of my pocket going. It was, but you gave your dad so much comfort. Yes. And, and that I didn't was have worth to it. manage it. I did not have to manage That's that right. comfort. So you're right. A hundred percent. It was so worth it. It was worth every single penny. That's right. And then he got to be right. He got to be comfortable and he got to stop worrying. Like, yes. That was worth a grand right there. Bob, I'm just going to stop you for a minute because, boy, you want to talk about things being worth it. I have to tell you, Best Fiends is worth it. It's worth every minute that I play it because it it just takes me away to this magical little land where I can 
you know, I can, I can just have so much fun. And if you listen to the show for a while, you know that I'm obsessed with Best Fiends. I just, I cannot rave enough about it. And I'm going to do something really fun on the air today because one of the things that, that Best Fiends does is you play through this actual storyline. You've got good guys, the fiends, you've got not so good guys, the slugs. You start out with these little baby versions of the fiends and then you grow them up into their future selves. And it's a, it's an action packed adventure and it's a brain boosting puzzle game. But one of the things that I like about it is these little surprises and these little gifts that you get. And I am right now in my daily gift delivery at Buggles Post Office. I am going to tap the special free gift for today because you get a daily gift and we're going to find out what it is because it's super fun. Here we go. Ready? Okay, we just tapped it and I got five keys. And these five keys are so great because you can trade them in for all sorts of cool stuff. And there's a day 25 jackpot where you get these 10 free gold bars. And it is so much fun, you guys, because right now I'm playing like level 327 and I'm just in it for the fun and it takes me away and yeah there's an ice cream race that I'm doing and you know I'm in sixth place right now I wouldn't say that I did great on it but sometimes I'm number one and I will tell you I really like being number one and there's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need a mental pick-me-up I just it takes me away from the mundane of my work and my kids and my dad and the blah 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 and I can step into this creative little fun world so I want you guys to download best fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the art best fiends you will be so glad you did bob it's so worth your time and we're talking about things that are worth it they're you know you're the money nerve guy you talk about our relationship with money women's relationship with money is different than men's relationship with money old people young people people from different cultures we all have this different relationship with money and what is worth it I'm not going to call you Bunker Bob instead of Money Bob. <laughs> um, like we bought peanut butter. We bought tuna. We bought things. Do you know how much easier it was for me to shop? And now I've turned into Bunker Sam because I order <laughs> like $1,000 from Sam's Club. It gets, or Costco, you know, it gets delivered to my doorstep. And I'm still restocking my pantry in the garbage or in the garage because I don't have to do as much. So here is this whole thing of going, I'm trying to make this easier for my dad. And the flip side was, wow, this is making it easier for me. Yeah. And you know, with all the prices jumping up, you probably actually <laughs> saved some money because <laughs> you bought before inflation kicked right 69 cents a tuna can now you know dollar 29 i'm like yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you actually really saved some money too it's you know the, here's the great thing about what this story is we all have emotional attachments around certain things about money and if we can figure out what they are if we can figure what triggers us and then we can find solutions it doesn't have to be anybody else's solution but if we can find our solution we have so much more comfort. We're going to sleep better. Uh, we're not going to be tense when we're talking to family and friends or, you know, I mean, unfortunately, one of the downsides of pandemic is a lot of uh, shortened um, attention spans with children. Oh, yeah. right. Short fuses, you know, because there's so much stress. And so like find those things that give you comfort 
because it's going to improve relationships. It's going to improve sleep. It's going to improve health. There's so much um, stress and, and things that are tied from money stress to health issues. Oh, sure. Ulcers, heart attacks, people dropping dead. Cancer, right? Long-term, yeah. you know, chronic illness, chronic pain. I mean, you know, and I think looking at, at you know, these things like how how much is making my life easier worth? This was one yeah. of the things that you got me thinking about, you know, and when you were saying like, you know, kids attention span and stuff like at the, at the depth of the pandemic, when it was at its very worst in Los Angeles, I'm, you know, doing my cancer treatments, trying to hang on to my radio shows. I walk in my living room and my 16 year old is holding my 14 year old upside down by his ankles, shaking him. And then my 14 year old has like an NCIS bite into his brother's arm. And I'm like, what is going on? And they both looked at me, you know, like, and I'm like, put your brother down before you break his neck. And really what it came down to Bob was pizza. I had bought all these frozen pizzas, uh, you know, AKA bunker Bob. And they were arguing over if they were to order pizza and we could get pizza delivered. Cause at that time there was no delivery. There was no anything. And um, I said, you guys, I said, put your masks on. We'll order one pepperoni and one vegetarian. Cause of course I got a meat eater and a vegetarian, a car right. vegetarian. <laughs> they should share. Um, never meet. Yeah. Right. And you know, we drove down to pick up the pizza and the argument was over like the extra money you have to pay for delivery. Now there's no COVID money. And I was like, just make it easy. We'll drive down and pick it up. Everybody gets their pizzas and we're happy. And if you don't want the refrigerator pizza or the freezer pizza, they call it freezer pizza. You can't eat freezer pizza. That's right. Um, But it was symptomatic of, you know, could you do something to reduce the stress, even if it costs a little money? So how much is your mental health worth? How much is your sanity worth? How much is the peace in your house worth? It's worth two pizzas, like I'll be honest. Right. And at the end of the day, when you actually stop and ask the question, what's it going to cost me? And in this case, it was two pizzas, right? Uh, We have to take that pause. And so a lot of parents might have just come in and started screaming at the kids and not actually stopped and taken an aha moment and said, wait, what's going on here? Oh, we're fighting about the pizza solution. Two pizzas. Uh, A lot of people just say, go to your room and you're bad. And right like it's 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 people are just on short fuses and um so i constantly am telling my clients just take a breath check it out see what's true and then move forward right Um, because we're in so much we're so reactionary right now right we're like right right like things are so high and you know one of the other things bob that you taught me that i really put into play recently i needed to take my kid off to college um a couple weeks ago and you know i got a hotel room in santa barbara and it wasn't cheap and we went to drop my kid off and we were supposed to have like a two o'clock drop off we're supposed to be out by five or six with my cancer treatments i don't like to drive at night or sometimes i get tired so i'm like I'll just get a hotel room. Well, unbeknownst to me, huge traffic jam on the on the Santa Barbara freeway. And we get there and they're like, yeah, nobody's here. Here's the keys. Check in. I'm like, it's like 
10 in the morning check in. Right. I had wow. lunch planned. I had all these things going to go to the hotel room by 1130. I'm like done. And wow. there was this big conflict in me. And I thought of you because I'm like, all right, I dropped a couple bills on this hotel room, but I don't need it. It's right. past the time I could cancel it. So do I just drive home and eat the cost? Because I can be home by 1.30. Right. Like I'm two hours away versus, and, you know, since nobody was there, everybody was stuck on the freeway. There was like 900 kids to help us move in. It was like, whoop. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. And so it was a dilemma. This is not being used. This is wasteful. And then I'm thinking, do I take more of my time to use it? And then I'm like, what would Bob do? Like Bob would say, what's your emotion telling you? If you want to go home, sleep in your own bed, you make enough money, eat the hotel room, who cares? Or, or give it to another parent or somebody else who needs it. Like just, just stop. But I really felt compelled. There was part of me because I just sit in the parking lot of the hotel going, can I just blow this room? Yeah. Well, you know, what you're bringing up is the sunk cost bias. Um, so sunk cost bias is we don't want to get rid of something because we already sunk the money into it. Oh, okay. I paid for the room. So I must therefore finish the transaction. <laughs> right. Instead of saying, yeah, oh, well, um, I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, or gosh, now that I know different information, I'm going to do differently. And, and I'm guilty of this. No, no, I've got I've, I paid the money. Right. This goes back to my childhood of eat everything on your plate because I had a exactly. family and there's don't some waste. starving kids. Right. Don't waste. Don't waste. <laughs> starving kids in Africa. I'm like mail it to them because I'm not going to eat it. But, um, you know, it's <laughs> it's this sunk cost bias that is really, really hard for many of us. We're entrenched in. I got to complete the transaction. Yes. And you actually don't. You can actually walk away and say. Yeah, it doesn't serve me. Right. Because I'm like, you know, this was like maybe three, four weeks ago. I didn't think of it till now. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather go home. I got another kid at home. I got my dad at home. I can sleep in my own bed. I can actually do the grocery shopping on the way home. So why would I force myself to stay in this hotel room to use it, you know, to complete the transaction, you said. And, you know, and I think that happens when you buy things that maybe you shouldn't have bought. Like I've got some wonderful things in my closet that are hanging there because yeah. I have a lot of money for them. Yeah. Don't want to wear them. No, they don't <laughs> want to wear them. But, and then the question is, at some point, can you thank them and hand them off, donate them and let somebody else that will wear them? Yeah, that's, that's where, you know, I've, I've, I've been having, you know, like when you're telling me these things, I'm like, cause I did inherit a lot of really nice stuff from my mom, you know, beautiful things. And I, I was able to give them a lot for fundraisers, donations, yeah. you know, like handbags that are worth a grand, you know, you could put in an auction for 500, make money for a charity that was all valuable, but then there's that interim stuff. Yeah that are not, you know, it's not worth giving to an auction and it's not worth, and then you just donate it. And, you know, I'm a big girl donating things, but it's, I'm donating my failure. Like I'm donating it because I spent money I shouldn't have. Now it doesn't fit or it, it, why I bought it in the first place. Maybe I was high. (laughs) Exactly. But I overpaid and now I feel guilty giving it away. Yeah. You know, it's such a funny thing. I remember years ago, I had a garage sale and I was going to make millions of dollars, right? I made a hundred bucks and I spent eight or nine hours. Now I can make a few hundred dollars in an hour, uh, 
right? And so I spent the entire day in making a hundred bucks. I could have just taken it all down to Goodwill and gotten a write-off, a tax write-off, but I was like, no, I'm going to sell this so it would go out and be used in the world. And they'll love it just like I did, even though I never used it, right? Or, or, <laughs> or it's been sitting for 20. But we, we get in these mindsets and then we don't, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was learning that I'm allowed to change my mind. I don't have to, once I make a decision, I'm not committed for a lifetime of never being able to go back and say, oh, I didn't have enough information. Oh, right. I have new information. I have updated information. Right. No, well, I have to stay the course. Mind. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Like, that was one of the things, Bob, I got to tell you, being uh, recorded for 16 years, every once in a while, and I'm just going to say this, some yuts will get on my social media who listened to a show from me in 2008 right. and will say, you know what? You said this. And I'm like, yes, I did. It captured my thoughts, my beliefs, my emotions in an, in a moment in time. Right. Like, I am not bound by what I said in 2008. It is now 2021. And right. sometimes I do have to defend myself that way, you know, being in, a, in the media. But, you know, it's so funny, Bob, because it's like, we're allowed to change. We're allowed to change. We're allowed to change our minds. And, you know, this sunk cost piece is also an important piece of, of the story. Um, I was thinking about what you were saying. And I remember when I, when I, I had a dispute with my former uh, associate 20 years ago and I got a new office in the building, but it was down the hall and it was like 3000 bucks a month, whatever. And I was in a dilemma because I had another month worth of rent with the people that I was in. <laughs> fight with. So I was staying. Now, my mom is not a brilliant financial person by any means at all, but she had the wherewithal to say, say to me, well, why don't you just move in early and pay an extra month's worth of rent? And I'm like, no, 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 there's a certain number of months of rent that lasts the whole world. And, and so, oh, I could just pay two rents and I could Wait, be out of one month for one month. And you know, make your life the- easier. So you're not like on the 29th or the 30th going, I have to be in on the first and, you know. Right. But that's such a mindset of mine that like you only pay one rent for at business a time. and right. one mortgage or one rent for a house. Or one lease a- on a car. One- you cannot. You can't over. Leases. Oh, my God. That was so limiting. Yeah. And the minute I did it, of course, I was so happy. Right. It was the best, it was the best $3,000 I ever spent. Right. And you were probably happy and productive. You probably made five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I was tied to that old story is no, no, I've committed. I have to pay this month's rent. And it didn't dawn on me that I could just also pay another rent. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. No, I mean, I totally support you on that. And I do think some of this does come from like, if you had parents that were in the greatest generation that lived, you know, through World War II, I mean, you know, I look at, I still have a hard time, even though it's recycling, throwing out glassware, like, you know, throwing out a jam jar, like, yeah. you know, remember how they used to put nuts and bolts and yeah. you know, oh, yeah. everything and the big ball of tinfoil, you know, That's um, right. all those things, you know, we were raised with parents who, at least I was, who, yeah. who modeled those behaviors. So now, because it's a different time and a different money structure and both of you are in and I are in different income levels than our parents we've just transferred over the jam jar to a, 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 an office yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And it is hard to sometimes leave that behind. That's why uh, in the work I do, it's so important to know our history. It's so important to know what are the beliefs we picked up at four or five? What are the vows that we made? I will never waste. I will never be selfish. I will always, right? And then we don't update in the information as we get older and we get new information. We're still operating as that four or five-year-old in that environment we grew up in. Right now, and if you add a layer, and this is, you know, for me, I'll speak personally, if you add a layer of religiosity over yeah. it, uh-huh. and, you know, I I love God, I, I'm, but I also don't think that I need to not have a luxury car to prove my love of God, my piety, my, I'm not greedy, it's okay for me to have a luxury car, and Bob, just enjoy it. Like I do find some of my friends and family that were raised the same way I was, they drive stripped down cars. They, they, you know, they, to me, they suck the enjoyment out of life. They don't order like, you know, they're no fun to be around. I don't want you to be an excessive spender, but don't stand there, you know, in the um, call me up and ask me for my coupons in the mail. Like, right. you know, there's a, there's a, a guideline. You can, you can be a good person and pay full price for a hamburger. Absolutely. And I actually have a belief that God, the universe, he, she, they, however you want to define it actually is rooting for us to be successful. Yes. Uh, The universe, God wants us to have everything so that we can then go out and pay it forward and help other people. And, and so uh, to say, Oh, I can't have these things. Actually, that's modeling uh, the universe's love. <laughs> right. And the, right, the law of abundance and priming the wheel for prosperity. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, of course, that's voodoo to, you know, some different belief systems. And, you know, yeah. we're not making fun of anybody, but, but we're validating the people that are listening today that have a desire for a luxury car. It doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you a ripoff artist, you know, because you've done well in your life. And it's okay to enjoy things that, you know, you've worked for. And that was a, a really, that was a big sticking point. When I got my first Lexus, there was quite a few in my sphere of influence that were like, hmm. Well, and in Southern California, there are a dime a dozen, but when I would drive to other parts of the country or people would come visit, it was like, well, who does she think she is? Oh yeah. Well, the first couple of times I had a a house out in the desert, uh, a second house and I would hide the car. I didn't want people to see the Lexus because I knew I was going to get an upcharge, right? Uh, I had, and I didn't actually, when I got my first Mercedes, I was resistant because I knew I was going to have to give four or five dollars is a tip at the valet instead of two yeah when i drove my toyota corolla uh mm-hmm. right and so i'm like oh, i don't want to pat with my money um it was a mindset but yeah. here's the thing that i think a lot of us buy into is that we must suffer um we must suffer financially and emotionally to be good people right and we don't right. actually have and to we suffer. don't we no. don't have to suffer we don't have to suffer. And in fact, you know, like, I'm not not saying this way to blow my own horn, but like, the more money I've made, Bob, the more money goes to the Lions Club, the more money go, you know, the more toys go into Toys for Tots, Children United Nations, World of Children, like, I and I love writing those checks. I love buying things for people in need. And, you know, and funny, like, as, as silly as this sounds, I gave my word to a homeless guy the other day when I was in Smart and Final, because it was really hot. And he's like, you know, we're up in the high desert 
desert. And he's like, ma'am, could I have a dollar for some water, you know, or for a drink? And I said, I'll get you some water, you know? So I do my grocery shopping. I get like almost out the door and I'm like, crap, I forgot to get the bottle of water for the homeless guy. So I had to park my cart and I told the lady at the checkout, I got to go back out. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I gave my word to this homeless guy that I would bring him some water. And she goes, I'm not going to walk by him. I'm not going to disrespect him. And she's like, he's just a homeless guy. And I'm like, right but it's about me. Like I gave my word to this guy. So I put like a gallon of sparklets water. It was like a dollar on my credit card because I don't carry much cash with me. And I came out and I gave him his water bottle and I'm like, I am a good person and you can't judge me by these other things. But if I'm not producing, I can't share. That's right. Absolutely. And you know, that piece that you just said right there um, about, the homeless person and the other person's like, they're just a homeless person. Uh, I was in uh, Austin, Texas at a, a convention last week. Um, and I was eating at this restaurant called Gus's uh, fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit late and a, a, a street person came in. And I like to say street because okay. right. it, they live on the street. That's they good. live on the street. Maybe it's a choice. Maybe it's not a choice. I don't know. Uh, but this person came in and had a couple of bags and management came over and they sat him down. They told him, look, if you ordered this, it's going to be $8 and 42 cents. Are you good with that? Yep. I got eight forty-two. You can't bring in that container because it's got liquids and that's state law. Great. Empty it out. Empty it out. Okay. Well they treated him like a human being. And I was so blown away yeah. by the fact that that entire staff treated him with dignity and treated him like a human being instead of just going, Oh my God, it's a smelly homeless person. Get out of my way. Right. Uh, they actually said, here, come in and have some food, get some nourishment, take it, take a load off your feet. Yeah. And I was really touched by that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, but what makes that possible, Bob, is people having abundance. That's right. You can't give from an empty well, you can't draw right. from an empty pipe. Like you have to, and this is where you like, when we get into that psychology of money or the religiosity of money, you know, what's the threshold for what's enough and what's not okay. Like really? Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's well, and we all have to check that out with ourselves. Like what's yeah. the, what's true. Um, you know, it's interesting. This um, I was dealing with a few clients this year where when I called them up and said, you're going to owe $50,000 in tax. Oh my God, that's crazy. This is, there's got to be something you can do. We've had the worst year ever. And we, how am I going to pay that? Right. We spend hours talking through finally. Oh, well, you know, that's not so bad. I actually have the money. We actually have about four or 500,000 that we've saved up. Um, we probably had our best year ever. I just don't like giving up my money. I said, well, so I don't either, but like you earned it. So stop with this story about how poor you are. Right. It's not, it's, it's not true. And you're serving nobody. You're serving, but yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client once in the Palisades and um, Pacific Palisades, for those of you guys listening, is a very wealthy uh, part of the, the Southern California coast. And you know, I'm working for this guy, working for this guy. And as as a single mom, I'm literally doing like accounting, secretarial work, like anything I can do to make ends meet. He knows I'm a single mom. He knows my ex-husband walked out on all the bills and finances. He knows I'm struggling. 
and he didn't pay his website bill to me for like six months. And he's telling me how broke, how broke, how broke he is. And then I don't know what made me think of this, but I went on his social media and he had just bought his daughter a new BMW and bought his son a Mercedes. And I pulled those pictures from social media and I emailed him and I said, this is why you can't pay a single mom her bill. And I said, are you okay with this? And then, you know, I don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. He used to call me every day for work. Didn't call me. Then I sent him the receipt and this, you know, the credit card charge came through. It was like seven grand, like he pays in full. And you know what, Bob, I never took that guy's call again. Yeah. Like seriously, like if people's viewpoint of what no money means, no money means You have $43 in the account. Your gas tank is empty. Your cupboard is empty. That's broke. That's right. Broke is not you didn't make $200,000 this year. And I hear a lot of wealthy clients of mine, not anymore because I don't work for people like that, use terms like broke and I'll call them on it. And I'm like, really? Like, really? Yeah. And so I would say to the listeners out there with that story that I'm broke is the truth that you might be in this moment, negative cash flow. Right. That's right. I'm in a negative cash flow moment. I'm not poor. I've got two houses. I've got this. (laughs) I've got that. I just traveled, you know, and um, and then like start connecting to the truth because there's such a disconnect when we're like, I'm so broke. It's not true at all. Right. Um, and yeah, and, and it, it's hard when you have those people that say, I'm so broke. And we deal with a lot of business um, clients. And so I would get this story. We'd call and say, hey, you owe us 3000 bucks for all the services we did. And mind you, I might have saved them $50,000 in tax. Right. 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 Through strategies and, 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 and legal, um, legal ploys that, that help them. And they'll call and they'll say, oh, I'm so broke. And my office manager would say, well, let me ask you a question. Um, did Bob provide the service that he agreed to provide? Right. Yes. Were you incredible? Were you happy with it? Oh, it was, it was so great. Like, right. Okay. Love Bob. Just don't yeah, love Bob. Bob. And the service was on. <laughs> right. And then, well, and do you understand that Bob has staff and they're actually employed? They're not volunteers and <laughs> they need to get paid. And when we start to have those direct conversations, people are like, uh, let me give you my credit card right now. Yep. I'm writing the check today because it, when you call people on it, like you're talking about, yeah. It, it's a it's a great wake up call for people to say, wait a minute, I'm not actually in truth. Right. Right. And that's a you know, that's I mean, and, and it's it's being in truth and being in alignment with where you are financially is it's really important because it can destroy relationships. And, you know, I think of this couple that I used to be very good friends with and our kids were friends. And I, I admit, I kind of lost it at a volleyball game. I was sitting with them. They have two houses, Bob. And on their second house, there was an encroachment issue on the driveway that was going to cost them $2,000, let's say like, like, Again, a nominal for Southern California. And I'm at that point, this was when my cancer was at its worth. My house was going to go into foreclosure because I couldn't make enough money to sustain us. And I'm like, I need to stop paying the mortgage because I have these medical treatments and bills. Like it was just a shit show. And I'm sitting there literally, and she's complaining, complaining, complaining. And I looked at her and this was really loud because I can tend to be really loud. And I'm like, (laughs) so-and-so, I said, 
Please don't tell me when you don't work and your husband just quit his job so he can be retired at 50, that you're going to complain about this two grand that you have to pay so you can't buy your son the fanciest car that you want to buy him when I'm sick and I'm in foreclosure and I'm a single mom. So please don't tell me you're going to talk to me about this. And I like got really loud and like the whole volleyball team, like parents, everybody just got quiet. Everybody's looking the other way. And I'm like sipping my coffee, thinking I'm all right and justified, you know, (laughs) I've had those moments. It wasn't the best move. And it did cost me a friendship because they said I humiliated them. And I'm, you know, I did, you know, and I, you know, because on both sides, like their ridiculousness of having all this abundance and they're so upset. She can't sleep at night and they're, they're going to get a lawyer. And I'm like, you get a lawyer for two grand. Like, right. You're going to spend 10 times that, you know, yeah. and here I am like, and again, on the flip side, poor me, I'm right. broke. I'm sick. I'm single victim, victim, victim. Like I get it. I was in my full victimhood at that point. And, you know, but both sides of those illustrate the emotions around money. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of the biggest reasons that uh, relationships fail is because we hide the money. We don't tell the other person we're one, one is addicted to spending. The other one is addicted to saving. And uh, there's going to be a battle sometimes. Um, And it's interesting. A lot of times people, when I say, uh, do you talk with your spouse about money? they misinterpret and think I said, did you want to fight with your spouse about money? Right. (laughs) Right. Because we immediately assume a conversation about money means tension, anger, and blame. Sure. Well, and you know what, for many of it is like, I think back to my marriage when there's an inequality, you know, I made a lot of money. My ex-husband made no money. And if I even said like, no, we're not buying Staples tickets for the Kings, the Lakers and the Clippers, because who likes the Clippers? Um, (laughs) um, I I, I actually like them. Who likes the Clippers? I know, but it's just fun. (laughs) But they're fun to make fun of. I made fun of them for years and I secretly went to their games. (laughs) Yes, I did. We ended up, we did have, you know, the season tickets for for many years. But but my point was when you're the one making the money and then you're isn't pulling their weight it does start to erode how you feel about this person and by the time I divorced I'm like oh my gosh you're a college loser you have this wonderful education you're not making any money you're lazy as all get out this is what's going through my head Bob when we're trying to decide how to spend money you know because we have a baby on the way yeah well and I can tell you I can count on more than two hands, the number of clients that I have where the wife Mm -hmm. is making a half a million dollars or whatever. And the husband hasn't made a dime in 20 years. Now that's not good or bad. I'm not judging. Right. right? I'm not saying that that's like it were, but I have seen often that over time, the resentment builds Yes. where, uh, wait a minute, I've been, you know, I've, I've got a client that's, earned millions of dollars and the husband just sort of ponied off of that. And now they're getting a divorce. And of course he wants, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month in uh, spousal support to to maintain his lifestyle. And there's so much anger on her because she spent the last 35 years generating all of the income. And he's like, I want more. 
I want more and I want more. And that's not always the case. I, you know, I have another client that she's making three, $400,000. She's a brilliant, brilliant professor. He's a blue collar worker. They have the most amazing relationship. They just love each other. Because he's doing his part. Like that thing, it's not about the dollars. Like I can tell you, because I felt the same way. I don't care if you make $10 or you make 10 million, but do something. something. Don't just leech off me, you know? Right. And I I can see that like, because, you know, I look at like, you know, if I ever get married again, one of my things is my future husband must have something to do and love what he does. You know, that could be teaching, that could be a policeman, that could be, you know, a celebrity, it could be anything, but you must have a purpose, a reason, and you must contribute to society in some way, either contribute tax dollars or service. You know, I came from a military family, you know, nobody joins the military to get rich. So, you know, you look at these things, but I think what it comes down to is a, a, a spirit of cooperation and contribution and in an unequal like money relationship, if there's a spirit of contribution, that's very different than just, like you said, just like, like, like when I was little, we had these, these horses that you had to feed that were really old and they couldn't reach things. So you put a feed bag around their face. So they literally could just munch in the bag. Right. That's what these spouses are like that contribute nothing. And then don't even, you know, try to do anything. They're literally the spouse that you strapped a feed bag on their face. Oh my God. That's so hilarious. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I never realized that was the purpose of them. Like I knew they were feed bags, but I didn't know that it was because the horse could like, that's so great. Yeah. You (laughs) control how much they eat. You know, they might be sick or lame or you have to put, you know, medicine or you have to put special oats in there because, you know, he's got whatever. And um, yeah. And I used to, I used to sit in the divorce proceedings and in my head, because, you know, nobody wants to be in my head. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, well, I want this and I'm entitled to that. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's probably a good thing. The judge couldn't hear my, like my really internal thought. The inner voice. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, I think the pandemic has amplified relationships with couples, with people, with kids, because we're with people that we didn't plan on being with all day or we're having to, and we're working less or we're working from home and, um, or we're working, uh, with less money. Um, and I had so many people at the beginning, we're not going to survive. And now I hear people saying, Oh my God, we saved $40,000 and going out for dinner. Oh my God. Like, Oh, I didn't know I had a son. Uh, right. it's it's been amazing right there's been some pain points but um it's really forced us to magnify our relationship with people and with money well yeah that's what i've seen you know doing radio shows and you know during the pandemic you know the orders for radio shows like went through the roof so i started producing you know sometimes 10 times as many in a week to keep up with the demand and you know talking to a lot of people and i found like you said amplify is the perfect word because People who had good relationships got better 
And people who had bad relationships got worse. And that was true with your kids, with your spouse, you know, with all these different things. And, you know, Bob, I want to thank you for being my guest today. I want everybody to go to themoneynerve.com and look up whatever Bob's got there. It's good. Listen to his podcast. He's got great podcasts. And really examine your own relationship with money because it's kind of like those things of once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you will be forever changed in a good way. And you can start making some choices and you can start doing things differently to give yourself peace of mind, to give yourself some relief. I don't pay my bills every month anymore because of Bob. I pay them once or twice a year. And yeah, I'd rather front pay the electric bill than pay the electric bill each month because you know what? That stressed me out. And anything I can do to improve my relationship with money and be more productive Because if I'm feeling good, I'm making more money, everybody wins. That's a big tribute to Bob at The Money Nerve. So check him out, Bob, themoneynerve.com. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I love you. You're amazing. And you really helped me a lot in my life. Well, thank you so much. You know, I love talking with you. We have so much fun. And uh, it's always a pleasure. And to your listeners, be conscious and intentional in your spending. in your saving and in your relationship with money all the way around. We love that. We love that. And have those conversations with money, not fights. Conversations, not fights. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.